Now, The Interpreter Show, with discussion, debate, and the latest information on all kinds of religious issues and topics. This is the Interpreter Foundation radio show. The Interpreter Foundation exists to encourage study of the gospel and faithfulness to the church by making the latest scholarship available in its journal, publishing books, holding seminars, creating documentary films, and by providing roundtable discussions of the scriptures. You can find us at interpreterfoundation.org, where you can find all of our materials, including these radio programs, which are posted as podcasts. This evening, we are going to be joined by... Kevin Christensen. We're in the studio with John Thompson, and I'm Steve Densley. Another recent analysis of the Book of Mormon has been published, and uh, this is uh, more expansive than one phrase. It's the entire book. It's published by the University of Oxford. It's the annotated book of Mormon. It's uh, written by Grant Hardy, who... um, has written uh, a, a couple of, oh, what boy, is he up to three books now in the Book of Mormon? There's Understanding the Book of Mormon. Um, there's a Reader's Guide to the Book of Mormon. Um, didn't he do the Annotated Book of Mormon for the Maxwell Institute as well? Am I, am I remembering that right? I don't remember. I think he did one. Um, was there an Annotated for Yale before? Or I don't was it? Oh, there was an annotated well, for the for the, the Maxwell, Maxwell Institute, and I, as I, I think that was Grant Hardy that did that. Is that is that right, Kevin? Do you remember? Um, I, I think uh, I think Robert F. Smith was involved in that, and and uh, now, would the, I think that's more like the the uh, original text project where they're looking at the printer's manuscript. But as, as far as an annotated Book of Mormon like this. I mean that that had some annotations uh, about meaning and parallels and things, and that there were some criticisms by people saying, "No, you should just give us the text." In that case, but uh, like the the, Heid- the Heartlanders put out an annotated Book of Mormon, but that was very very different. And uh, but I this this to me it's as, as an annotated Book of Mormon. If you want one, I think this is the one because it's. it's doing exactly what it should do, I think, for the audience that he's selected from that press. Um, so he's, he's giving, giving a text and wanting to make it readable, so it, it's formatted for reading rather than reference. And, uh, and the annotations uh, are focused on, on the text and intertextuality with the Bible, uh, for the most part. Um, he sets out some parts of it as poetry. I know Jay Perry did a, an edition where he set out all sorts of parallelistic structures, but this one is more selective in what he uh, formats as poetry. And I think it's very effective at times because uh, there are places where uh, you'd be reading along as text, and then, like, for example, in Helaman 12, uh, he formats that as the Song of Mormon, and then later in Third Nephi, he sets out the Lord's lament over the destruction, and I think it, because, you know, when I read poetry, there's a sense it's concentrated and emotionally powerful, and when you read it in that form, coming this way, I think it, it, it's 
uh, hits me harder emotionally and, and, you know, to remind me not just of the beauty of the language, but of the intensity of feeling behind it. So it's, he does things that I think are really help the reader's experience uh, in just getting through and appreciating the text and, and uh, you know, noting some of the structures and, and literary uh, things going on with the elusiveness, the quotations. Um, he bolds variations from the King James Version so that people who want to look at that can look at it. There's, um, he includes, uh, let's see, he does, and besides his introduction, you know, saying this is who I am and this is why I'm doing this, he, you know, there's introductions to chapters and, and sections and authors, uh, and then he has uh, some important essays on the origins of the text, the transmission and language of the text, the Book of Mormon and the Bible, Book of Mormon theology, lived religion in the Book of Mormon, Book of Mormon and the Latter-day Saints, the Book of Mormon in American history, the Book of Mormon as literature, reading the Book of Mormon as ancient history, reading the Book of Mormon as fiction, reading the Book of Mormon as revealed scripture, reading the Book of Mormon as world scripture. So he's, he's covering a lot of ground, you know, and it's not trying to be you know, the, the last book you ever read, but you know, just to open up fields of thought, fields of discussion, and he, he refers to uh, controversies and will point to, you know, opposing uh, views on, you know, the Book of Mormon in general or different readings, but it's just trying to help, you know, people to appreciate the Book of Mormon as something that is very powerful and it still deserves to be read and read carefully, and that he says it gets better the closer you look at it. Okay, so I, uh, I I just looked it up really quick, and um, what the Maxwell Institute published was the study edition of the Book of Mormon, and yeah. again, that is edited by Grant Hardy, and I think, oh, okay. I think what he's doing there is taking sort of a combination of his reader's edition and um, Royal Skousen's critical text edition, and... Um, you know, combining that into uh, what he calls a study edition. Um, so, you know, it would be interesting to compare how the study edition, um, you know, how much of that is different than this annotated edition. Um, you know, what, what, so what you've outlined for us, Kevin, is uh, essentially the, the Book of Mormon text that is reformatted to some degree to, to help illuminate areas where poetry exists. Um, you mentioned how there are, uh, uh, there are a couple of instances that um, they, they highlight some, uh, some poetic passages that uh, may not have been recognized before as being poetic passages that um, you know, may be helpful in in uh, highlighting those. Um, there's, uh, there are footnotes that um, do some, oh, you know, some comment on the text. Uh, and then there are essays. Uh, there's, some, uh, there's, there's also some, some study material toward the back of the book that, um, oh, let me think. Do, do they uh, outline some timetables and some, uh, some chronologies um, and some maps? Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah. He, he includes he includes a map of the uh, the journey from Jerusalem to Bountiful, although it's not you know not the most recent map, but he does include one, and he also includes uh, Sorensen's internal map from Mormon's map, right? Know, so that there's something there, although he doesn't you know other than mention the controversies about 
uh, geographic theories, he he doesn't really focus on that at all in his annotations. He's mostly, you know, once he gets out of uh, Bountiful, it <clears throat> focuses mainly on the text and biblical quotations and, and some of the, the literary patterns and structures. Well, one of the things that I've done as I've prepared for this radio show during the years we were studying the Old Testament and the New Testament is turn to annotated uh, versions of the text to help inform my study. And so uh, it, it is, I think, a, a, a helpful contribution, you know, for us to have an annotated Book of Mormon. Um, Kevin, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of an idea of uh, other kinds of annotated books of the scriptures that exist and how this may compare to some of those other uh, volumes? Oh, well, <laughs> generally, th this is the uh, annotated scripture that I've got. You know, mostly what I've got myself is, you know, I've mostly used my, for my own study. Most of the reading I've done is from my, the scriptures I got from my mission. You know, that's where I have all my marks and... Uh, but I, I'm just used to reading that, and I've 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 got one of Hardy's you know, readers edition of the Book of Mormon, and they're useful and nice to kind of look at. And there's there'll be different verses I want to look up, and and I say I've got Perry's reformatted edition, and I use that to some ex to an extent. Um, so a lot of people like will get the 1830 edition because it, it didn't have versification yet, and then later. When Orson Pratt did, you know, broke it up into chapter and verses, and had some of his comments, and then some of those have been taken away, and and we have different editions. So, yeah, the idea of an annotated version was, you know, to realize that there's just sometimes when you're reading in a text that it's going to be helpful to have something about the text you're reading pointed out. So, in our scriptures, most of the annotated. Okay, we just lost Kevin. It uh, looks like you're still connected, Kevin, but we're not hearing you. Uh, so let me, let me just expand on that a bit. I mean, what, what Kevin's saying is that he has the Kevin Christensen annotated set of the <laughs> uh, Book of Mormon, which, you know, that's, that's what a lot of us have, right, is that we write our own notes next to uh, the Scripture, maybe out in the margins or at the top or the bottom of the page. That's, that's kind of what an annotated edition uh, of the scriptures does. It all might have cross-references to other scriptures. Our uh, King James Version of, the, you know, the Latter-day Saint version of the, the King James Bible does a really good job of this. In fact, when I was on my mission, I remember running into somebody who wanted to buy a copy from me uh, because, you know, he saw our version uh, of the uh, King James Bible, and he thought it was really valuable because of the way that it had Greek translations and Hebrew translations, and it had cross-references to other scriptures, and sometimes had notes that would um, illuminate some of the meaning of, of the verses. And, um, you know, that's, I mean, in some sense, our Latter-day Saint scriptures are annotated. Um, now, it's, it's helpful, I think, to have, you know, a, a scholarly... Um, publisher to do this for the Book of Mormon. Um, I've read the essays in the annotated Book of Mormon and found that um, they speak pretty well to a non-Latter-day Saint audience. Um, I don't think they're entirely illuminating, to, you know, for a, uh, a Latter-day Saint audience. I, I, I think that, you know, in many ways, the Latter-day Saint audience might uh, might disagree with Grant Hardy on the way he approaches it and some of the um, 
you know, some of the ways that he explains things. Um, you know, I know that some people have been um, frustrated with Grant Hardy's, um, uh, his take on the literature review in particular, where he says, here are, here, you know, here are the, um, the, the uh, you know, academic, the scholarly treatments of the Book of Mormon um, throughout um, the Book of Mormon's history, and, and he gives kind of a broad overview of it. And, um, and, and actually, throughout the entire book, I don't think there's a single citation to any interpreter foundation uh, publication. And you know, over the past, uh, we, we've talked about this on the radio show over the past five or ten years, the Interpreter Foundation is the number one academic publisher uh, on the Book of Mormon. There, there are, uh, there's more content uh, being published and, and cited by others within the field from the Interpreter Foundation than the Journal of Book of Mormon Studies or BYU Studies. Um, you know, and so it's a, it's a major uh, failing of Grant Hardy not to take account of what the Interpreter Foundation has been doing. Um, he similarly falls short, I think, in his treatment of uh, Scripture Central, um, of FAIR, uh, you know, and I think that uh, it, it, it's, it shows a certain bias on his part toward, um, you know, sources that are considered uh, more, uh, I guess, presentable to an academic audience. So he'll uh, go into some detail about what Signature Books has published or what Sunstone has published or what Dialogue Journal has published because they tend to be critical of the church and so um, they can be seen as academically um, safe or credible, you know, to somebody who's not a Latter-day Saint. And so that's kind of the audience he's playing to, I think. I don't think Latter-day Saints will find this book to be as helpful as uh, many other books. Uh, uh, Kevin, have you been able to get back on? Okay, uh, Kevin, if you can hear me, I'm going to cut you off the line and ask you to call back in so that uh, so we can hear you. So let's let's try that. Um, so you know there are a number of other books that I personally so so I have a copy of of this uh, annotated Book of Mormon from Grant Hardy. Um, I used it to prepare for our discussion today. Uh, the second hour, we're going to be talking about Second Nephi, chapter six through ten. Um, I used a number of other books to help prepare for my uh, discussion today, and found all of them to be more useful. Um, you know, and, and and other kinds of study guides or study Bibles, um, I think, um, you know, tend to uh, to do a little bit better job than Grant Hardy's did. I, I just found his uh, his annotations to be lacking insight. Um, they they weren't very helpful. I mean, it's you know, some of the observations were somewhat pedestrian, um, uh, not very um, not very illuminating, not very helpful, not not uh, beyond what uh, people uh, could uh, come up with on their own if they just you know thought about it for a couple of seconds. Uh, and, and so a lot of times what you do is turn to the essays and, you know, hope that uh, some of the essays and explanatory material, some of the um, maybe chronologies, things like that might be helpful. And in this case, like I said, the essays seem to be speaking to a non-Latter-day Saint academic audience. Um, and then the, uh, the, the material, you know, with um, 
you know, the other material maps, like Kevin mentioned, um, there is a, uh, uh, a map um, that uh, kind of lays out some of the travels of, of the Nephites, um, maybe not the most up-to-date. Um, so, uh, Kevin, you back on? Yes, I'm back. Okay. I, I don't know how much you heard, and, I, you know, frankly, I didn't intend to do this, but I've been kind of blasting the book for the last <laughs> couple of minutes. Um, and, and what I've been saying, Kevin, is that um, I personally don't find this book to be helpful. Um, it, it, I, there were, uh, you know, to give it, give it some credit, um, you know, I did find a few insights that I thought, oh, huh, okay, that's a, that's a good point. But I had to get through so much material to get to them that I think my time would be more well spent with other, uh, other uh, you know, sources. Um, I'll tell you, uh, one of the, uh, the books that I've found uh, that just came out recently that um, I thought was, uh, was fun to read and, and insightful is uh, Inspiration and Insights from Jack Welch. Um, he's, uh, been, you know, writing up his notes on the Book of Mormon, um, for some time now, and now has uh, published them. As I recall, it's Covenant Communications, I think, that published that book. And, um, that was one I found helpful in preparing for my, uh, discussion of, uh, you know, Second Nephi, chapter 6 through 10 today. Um, book, Brant Gardner's, um, you know, it's it's encyclopedic. His his treatment of the Book of Mormon, Second Witness, analytical and contextual commentary in the Book of Mormon. Um, that is, uh, I, I I think the best commentary. And you know, of course, it's not not that's not what you would consider to be an annotated edition. An annotated edition is usually you know one volume, and um, you know it doesn't go into the depth and breadth that a commentary does so it's a little unfair to compare Brant Gardner's commentary with an annotated guide but I'll tell you if people want to do a deep dive into the literature and find some really interesting insights um, Brant Gardner's it's a six volume set um, called Second Witness Analytical Analytical and Contextual Commentary on the Book of Mormon um, another one that I thought was was really helpful um, and actually, Grant Hardy refers to this, is Thomas Valletta's uh, Book of Mormon Study Guide. And the reason that's helpful is that what he does is he goes through verse by verse, and he finds uh, past quotes from general authorities and from um, church manuals. Um, you know, and, and frankly, some of these, I think, would be considered, um, you know, they'd be considered non-scholarly. They'd be considered... Um, maybe sometimes outdated, you know, so he's going to, for example, you know, what um, Bruce R. McConkie says in Mormon Doctrine or what uh, Joseph Fielding Smith says or Joseph F. Smith, you know, studies the gospel or, or gospel doctrine. Um, but uh, I think it's fascinating to see what, uh, you know, prior general authorities have said about different verses. And, um, you know, if you're up on the current academic research, it's, I think it's helpful to be able to compare and contrast. This is what scholars are saying. This is what past leaders of the church have said in, in relation to these verses. So I would recommend Thomas Valletta's guide. And then Grant Gardner's Traditions of the Fathers. It's not so much a, um, you know, annotated guide or a, or a, or, or, or a commentary. It's, it's, uh, 
is placing the Book of Mormon in historical context and in a Mesoamerican historical context in particular. But um, if you want a book that is going to uh, help make the Book of Mormon feel more real, The Traditions of the Fathers is the best book I've read. Um, it, it really does a great job and very, I think, very uh, academically um, uh, um, reliable, um, credible, um, responsible. Um, he, Brandt is, is quite conservative when it comes to um, conclusions he draws about uh, possible connections to a Mesoamerican setting for the Book of Mormon, but I think he makes a very good case for it. Um, so, uh, John, what are, what are some of your thoughts about uh, things that uh, have helped inform your study? Well, <clears throat> um, I was going to mention the ones you actually mentioned, and, and just to put a plug in for the Scripture Plus app that Scripture Central um, has available for free, you know, from your app stores for your mobile devices. It includes um, uh, all of, of Jack Welch's uh, notes on the Book of Mormon, um, Many of those were selected to make the book that was published recently. Uh, so there's more, you know, there's even more on the, on the app. And then Brant Gardner, ha Gardner has been, uh, you know, he, last four years ago, he created uh, Book of Mormon Minutes, which are kind of condensed versions of his six volumes. Um, and he's been working on those and editing and reformatting those um, this year. Um, that's all available through the app for free as well. And so, and then of course we have, uh, a lot of links to um, video content and and the no eyes and everything that are that uh, Book of Mormon Central is kind of known for. So, so anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there for those who are interested. Kevin, w what are some of the, uh, the the sources that you look to when you're studying the Book of Mormon? Um, well, I <laughs> I like to just keep track of what's going on in the journal, certainly because that's where you know things have happened. But over over the years, like. The thing that really got me into serious study was after my third reading of the Book of Mormon and I was on my mission. And I guess I read it two or three more times. I read it five times on my mission, but during my mission, someone gave me the 1957 Priesthood Manual and it believes an approach to the Book of Mormon, and that introduced me into that world. And so I, I think the kind of experience that a person that I had that kind of just changed my path where I was just basically accepting what was given to deciding that I was hungering and thirsting after more. And uh, then started getting into Maxwell Institute stuff and then reading Sorensen and uh, all of these things that have been coming out over years. Over the years. I like the Knowing Why volumes. There's two of those out now, and they're good uh, for getting people into the, the kind of scholarship on particular specific uh, versus specific issues. And top-notch scholarship, literally from hundreds of people with a uh, wide range of expertise that they'll focus on with their own expertise. Uh, and of course, uh, one of the things that I've really been interested in is, uh, you know, comparing uh, the Book of Mormon to uh, Margaret Barker's First Temple Theology. And so I've uh, you know, I had an essay a few months ago you know, talking about what, what had happened in the 20 years since I published my first book on that and, you know, what Margaret's done. Um, but like I say, with, with, with Gardner's work, then he's giving a Mesoamerican context. And he, he, uh, I remember him writing on one of the blogs where he said that, uh, he said for him, everything changed when he started looking for Mesoamerica in the Book of Mormon instead of the Book of Mormon in Mesoamerica. And he said that was a single shift in perspective that changed everything. So 
and reading his commentaries is, you know, if, if you don't want to get the six-volume commentary, then that one, uh, you know, the Book of Mormon History is a remarkable book to have. Um, I, I love looking at uh, Warren Aston's books on Lehi's journey and uh, book glimpses of Lehi's Jerusalem. Uh, it's you know, been out for a long time, but it's it's still really powerful. I it's just once you get something at whatever level that a person is at that gets you interested in more, I think that's putting you on the right path because you know one thing is going to lead to another. Um, one of my favorite uh, essays is uh, Richard L. Anderson's book uh, uh, Imitation. A gospel for you know compared to the Book of Mormon, it's you know an essay in, in uh, a collection of apocrypha and Latter Day Saint writings, and also available online. But it's one of the things where once I read it, it changed my perspective on what we've got in the Book of Mormon. The same one I read Sorensen's Ancient American Setting for the Book of Mormon, later Mormon's Codex. You know, I like to read the kind of things that open me up. Uh, periodically, I have to <laughs> wrestle with you know the counter arguments. And uh, and you do, do get some of those things in in Hardy's commentary, and that's why you know my review is there's a part one of the review that's out now, and there's a part two that I'm, I'm thirty thousand words into where I uh, kind of enter further into the discussion where he's taking certain things for granted, you know, in terms of what biblical scholars are saying, and I say, well, let's look at what's underneath that and uh, see what other biblical scholars besides the ones that count as biblical scholars and so what some of the controversies are. So there's just, uh, once you get into this game, uh, I mean, when you start taking it seriously, then uh, <laughs> it's going to take you to places that you hadn't, you know, hadn't thought of before, and that's kind of the fun of the adventure. And for me, uh, it's always been a, a mind-expanding and faith-promoting thing especially after being prepared and encountering the criticisms, that makes all the difference. Is uh, When I've you know, read things that have been critical of the Book of Mormon and realized that uh, a lot of times they really don't know what they're talking about. You know, they, they're kind of behind in the game. Like when that, uh, that uh, <clears throat> book that the, uh, the New Mormon Challenge came out years ago, when I read that, one of the things that struck me is that, you know, they assembled a bunch of, you know, good, very good scholars to, to kind of come and, you know, and tell their readers what's wrong with the Book of Mormon, but I realized that none of them had took us seriously enough to get up to speed. You know, they were all behind the curve. Every single essay in there was behind where we were, because they don't take it seriously enough to really, you know, really wrestle with it properly. It's like they just want to be able to dismiss it as quickly and as easily with as little effort as possible. But yet, you know, we're living in this house and we're, you know, with our, all of the literally hundreds of brilliant men and women who are exploring every nook and cranny of our scripture because to us it's important and it's crucial in our lives and we really want to know the answers. And so we've got this, now this huge body of work that uh, can take a long time to get up to speed on, but it's worth it because it it you start to see more and more of the power of the Book of Mormon and how remarkable it is that this came out of this you know Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery and two months of dictation and yet we've got this amazing text that's 
that's generating so much interest and serious inquiry and uh, astonishing discoveries on you know large scale like uh, a couple of years ago we remember just turning on the, and watching the National Geographic special on the, on the LIDAR surveys in Mesoamerica you know and they're not talking about the Book of Mormon but they're showing all of this stuff you know that had been hidden under the jungle and they use this new technology to expose this and it radically transforms Mesoamerican uh, concepts and study and understanding, but it's in the direction of what we've been reading about our whole lives. Right. You know, so I, I was surprised to hear Michael Coe, shortly before he passed away, make some comment about how, you know, the Book of Mormon, you know, can't, you know, really be taken seriously because of the large populations that it discusses and, you know, these big cities that, you know, haven't been found in, in Mesoamerica, uh, which struck me as being woefully ignorant of LIDAR and the kinds of things that were, um, you know, coming to, uh, uh, to come to the surface um, just within, uh, you know, the year or so before he made that comment. He, you know, he'd been retired for a number of years, so, um, you know, apparently hadn't been keeping up with the, the latest discoveries. But um, like you say, that, you know, the people that don't, um, you know, take the Book of Mormon seriously uh, end up, you know, walking into some, um, you know, I guess, uh, mires when they, uh, you know, try to criticize yeah. it. Um, and I think that uh, my, my, my sense is that what um, uh, Grant Hardy is trying to do is he's trying to speak to that audience in a way that, um, you know, that they will find palatable. Um, and I actually appreciated to some degree the way that he communicated, um, you know, regarding the issues because um, he did, I, I, you know, I get the sense that Grant Hardy um, you know, does take the Book of Mormon seriously and that he does, um, you know, understand these arguments. But then uh, I, th I also got the sense that, uh, you know, to some degree he was trying to uh, serve God without offending the devil. And that, um, you know, like you say, I think that there were some things that he glossed over, um, some things that he didn't um, you know, illuminate clearly for his audience with regard to the current state of Book of Mormon literature. Um, and so I thought that that was a problem. I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what you come up with, Kevin. Are, are there some quick points that you can make? Uh, we've got about five minutes left regarding what it is that you're going to be uh, addressing in your follow-up article. Kevin, we're not hearing you. I'm afraid that you've uh, we've, we've lost you again. I'm going to cut you off and ask you to call back in again um, so that uh, hopefully we can hear what your uh, your next article on this is going to be talking about. Um, you know, clearly, um, you know, Kevin sees this article or this, this, this new annotated guide as uh, having some value, uh, but also having some shortcomings. And so, hey, Kevin, you, you're there now? Yeah, I'm back again. Okay. So, Kevin, just in our last five minutes, uh, I wanted to, to see if you could give us just a, you know, a brief idea of what it is you're going to be doing with this follow-up article. Well, he says uh, that he wants to follow <clears throat> the conclusions of uh, biblical scholars, and uh, I want to show in some of the cases where he's just you know, taking a consensus stance and, and treating that as unquestionable. I want to, I'm going to go, 
going in and showing that there are different streams of scholarship and that in many cases the things that he's taking for granted, uh, let's say like the Methian, you know, when was the Sermon on the Mount composed, uh, that you can question that. You know, and he, he like dismisses Margaret Barker in one sentence as controversial. So, of course, they have something to say about that. And also the issue of he wants to adhere to the plain meaning of the text. And Joseph Smith's quest started out when he realized that this different teachers of religion understood the same passages of Scripture so differently as to destroy all confidence by settling the question by an appeal to the Bible. And I want to show that contextualization can make a huge difference in the harvest you get from the same seed. So there are some issues where I go through that and... Uh, it's what I've got now is about 30,000 words, which is probably three or four times as long as what I've published now. But it's uh, so you don't have to just say, well, scholars have said it, so there's nothing more to say. We just have to submit to that. You know, you can ask the question seriously and, and look further and see, you know, what other people have said. And uh, this is Joseph Smith's by proving, con proving contrariety as truth is made manifest. So you do the comparisons, you do the work, and see if your mind expands and your soul enlarges, and you get this, you know, satisfactory resolution to the questions. Uh, I go into the, you know, into the nature of the curse and the nature of Jacob's mark, as well as the Lamanite mark and things like that, uh, to just look a bit further. You know, and I, I like his book, but I'm, it's not the last word on every subject. Well, the book is The Annotated Book of Mormon by Grant Hardy. It is published by Oxford University Press. And Kevin Christensen's written a review. It's called An Important Addition to the Library, appearing in the Interpreter Foundation's journal. And, um, you know, Kevin, I, I think that you have uh, done a, a, a good service for our listeners and readers by um, providing this review, and um, I think everybody's going to be looking forward to your follow-up article that goes into some more depth. Uh, John, do you have anything, uh, any last comments to add before we uh, end this segment? Um, I was just going to mention that, you know, I think it's, um, I think Grant does a really good job of, um, of dividing up the book in a way that makes it, you know, I, I think Kevin mentioned this earlier, making it really kind of understandable. Um, and I think that um, the the thing to keep in mind, though, is that even when you like make your own chapter divisions or your own subheadings, that is a form of commentary itself, right? And so it's important that we recognize that that it may seem like you're just following the plain reading of the text, but wherever you make that cut or that division, that's commentary. Yeah, great point. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin, for for joining us this evening and. Um, Look forward to hearing from you again. We will be, uh, this next hour, discussing 2 Nephi, chapters 6 through 10, in our Come, Follow Me segment. So stay with us on the Interpreter Foundation radio show. <laughs> 